Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Founded by three dentists, Spotlight Oral Care is now one of Ireland's fastest growing companies and recently revealed a 12 million funding to go global. We talked to one of its co-founders, Dr. Vanessa Creven, about how the Galway business is going from strength to strength. Okay, I'm joined today by Dr. Vanessa Creven, co-founder of Spotlight Oral Care. Spotlight Oral Care is one of Ireland's fastest growing companies. She set the company up with her sister Lisa and Dr. Barry Buckley in 2016. So you're very welcome, Vanessa. Yeah, and Spotlight Oral Care, as I was saying to you kind of just before we went on, it pops up everywhere because obviously it's 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 both a consumer brand, but you know, when I look at businesses again, I'm thinking uh, and you know, a lot of companies that I hear about high growth, it all tends to be led by guys from Dublin and it's technology. And here we have, you know, a business set up by two sisters from Galway and it's about health and beauty. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, different, it's a different narrative. Um, tell us about the origins of the company. Like um, even, even two sisters who are dentists is, is quite an interesting combination because it's not the, the, the typical startup story I hear either. Um, but the origins of the company, tell us about it. Yeah, um, I think that, um, so myself and Lisa, we are dentists. We actually come from a family of four siblings and we're all dentists, believe it or not. So no <laughs> um, it's <laughs> it's normal to us and very odd to an awful lot more people. But um, I suppose we're based in Galway, we're from Galway. And when we set up Spotlight at the time, we were working together in our practice. And as we were chatting, John, a lot of, um, Galway is very much a college-based town. We have a lot of students students that used to come into us but an awful lot of people of, of completely varied backgrounds and, and what I loved about being a dentist is the different variety of people you see but really when we set up Spotlight we were looking for a way to whiten our patients teeth that they could use at home that they didn't have to come to the dentist to do and that was relatively um, inexpensive so at the time we could only offer professional whitening treatments in our clinic that ranged anywhere between three and five hundred euro and that's a huge investment whether you're working whether you're in college whatever your circumstances might be um, and so we wanted to provide another treatment for our patients that was a little bit more inexpensive that they could use at home and that was specifically designed for anyone with sensitivity and that's still gave really effective results and that's why we developed Spotlight and we initially launched with Spotlight Whitening with a two-week teeth whitening treatment and and really at the start it was just for our own patients in our own practice and then it kind of evolved from there we, we launched direct to consumer online and it kind of built built a little bit of momentum um, at the time. And recently you guys raised 12 million from development capital and one of the things that was very clear to me was the plan to go global and I understand that one of your ways to market is through blue chip retailers in Europe the UK and the United States the, the, from 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 in just five years from from a, a startup in Galway to targeting the global market, uh, it, it, there are big plans. But but tell us about the, the what these plans look like and how they how they, how you hope they will they will take take shape. Yeah, so I think. Really, when we launched Spotlight, it was a natural evolution of how we progressed. You know, we launched the company in our own clinic and online. And there was a, I suppose there was a white space in the market, particularly in Ireland at the time where there was actually no products. And believe it or not, there's still no products on the market in Ireland and Europe that could really whiten your teeth effectively at home that you could get in the pharmacy or, mm. at, you know, a beauty salon or what. And I think that that white space really gave us kind of a really accelerated 
expected initial first growth. You know, we really were able to capitalize that in the marketplace and really launch ourselves um, in Ireland. And then from Ireland, we then went to the UK and some parts of the Scandinavian market, Norway, Finland, Sweden. And then I suppose last year or probably 18 months ago now at this stage, just as COVID was hitting, we launched across the US. So we launched in 1200 Ulta stores, which is the biggest beauty retailer in the US. And we launched across 3000 CVS stores and we launched on Target.com. And I think that was probably the biggest growth or the biggest launch or expansion we had done to date. It meant setting up a US office, employing a US team uh, and having people and, and ourselves on kind of on the ground over there, really kind of um, embedding that down and, and growing that side of the, the, um, the market space. Mm. When we look back and I suppose why we made that jump, it was really through meeting with the retailers and the retailers actually really believing in us to bring us to the US. And I think we wouldn't have gone if we didn't have that, you know, uh, really strong retailer partnerships that we had managed to build um, because the US is just such a big market and you need a lot of money to launch successfully in a D2C in the US. So I think retailers are key in the US. And tell me about your product development plan. I mean, it started off with, as I say, whitening toothpaste, but it's evolved into a lot of different products, including hardware, I suppose, the actual uh, brushes and, and things. H- tell us about your approach to research and development and product development and bring them to market because um one of the things I do remember from times covering tech companies, for example, um, the, the reason why there's so many software companies is because hardware is hard. So the, the actual physical product, making it happen, getting the distribution, actual getting it into a box and then selling it in a store, it sounds very simple, but it's actually very complicated and very difficult, and especially in something like healthcare as well, where you've got to meet so many standards. Uh, so tell us about your, your, your rationale or approach to product development. So, yeah, and I think this is one of the strengths of Spotlight. Um, so, like we mentioned, myself and these are dentists, we're sisters. So, where we've never had professional business training, we've had a huge amount of health and, and medicinal and science training. And I think that really, really helps us in terms of new product development and innovation. So, when we first launched our teeth whitening strips, we were knew the ingredients and active ingredients that we were looking for in our products that really helped whiten teeth, but doing so without sensitivity. And I think when you look, first of all, if you take a macroscopic approach of the oral care industry, it's actually, believe it or not, a very archaic industry. You know, you have three or four big players that really haven't innovated hugely in the last 50 years. Um, most still test on animals. Near all of them, all the big players still test on animals, still contain animal byproducts, um, still virtually unrecyclable packaging, um, you know, still have palm oil that's linked with child slave labor and Amnesty International has called them out on that. So you see those little trigger points, right? And, you know, you think, God, in this day and age, how are these huge companies not able to evolve and innovate to have better for you products while still containing active ingredients? And that's really where we take the approach when it comes to our innovation and product development. For us, active ingredients and in terms of products that really work is, is at the forefront of everything we do. Um, you know, clinically proven active ingredients is really, really important for us because we've seen what happens when they're lacking or devoid in, in oral care products. And then kind of surrounding that or secondary to that is the environment 
environmental and sustainable footprint that that means. So all our toothpaste tubes are, are made from sugarcane, all 100% recyclable. We don't contain sulfates because sulfates are derived from palm oil, which is linked with child slave labor. And something that's really, really critical and I suppose um, a very heated discussion within the oral care industry. Why do we still contain palm oil? There's no reason for toothpaste to still contain palm oil. Um, it just foams a toothpaste. And so all of those key points are really important for us when we're developing new products. And I suppose why we've been fortunate or lucky enough to really have that acceleration and growth in terms of the UK and the US markets. I think, I fundamentally think consumers are trying to make better for you options. You look at our food choices have really innovated in the last 20 years or hair care or skincare or beauty products have really innovated. And we kind of almost need to drag oral care to innovate itself, to become more sustainable, um, to become more ethically minded in terms of sourcing our ingredients and actually putting in active ingredients that we know will or a consumer or a patient in the long run will thank us for. Um, I think that change is very, very slowly happening, but I think it's disruptors like ourselves and other incumbent brands in the, in the oral care space that will really force the big players to make those changes. And, and do you guys still um, practice as dentists or do you, um, I, you know, have you dedicated yourselves full, fully and wholeheartedly to the business? And the reason probably why I asked that is that so many people go to school, go to business school to learn how to run businesses. And you guys went to dental school and here you are running a business um, but it's a great success and it's lovely to see but but did, have you guys had to relinquish the amount of uh, practice you you do or, do, or do, you, do you still engage in dental work? Yeah absolutely so for the first three years of Spotlight we worked pretty much full-time as dentists and had Spotlight on the side and then really since the launch into the US market we've kind of I suppose really had to kind of refocus our efforts and focus purely on Spotlight, just given the scale of things. We now have a team of 60 people across Ireland, the UK and the US. Um, we're in over 7,000 retailers. So just to really kind of prioritise and focus down on Spotlight at the moment, um, we have, I suppose, given up a little, you know, given up our private practice or, or working with our patients um, and saying that we have our brother and sister in where we were working. Um, so we do, you know, we do dabble. So we would maybe do, you know, we would cover a locum or we would do a little bit, but I would like to say that I wouldn't be a full-time or part-time dentist. I'm more kind of an ad hoc um, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm pulled in. <laughs> Fair enough. Pulled in as opposed to pulling teeth, but uh, the, um, I couldn't resist. Sorry. But no, the, the, the actual, um, siblings aspect was interesting as well uh, I do know a few people who run businesses I know a few brothers who run businesses together for example and um, how has that dynamic been like as siblings running a business together um, you know does it get heated is it is it, is it do you find that you know a life a life of, of each other's quirks and, and ways of working together that means you work well together anyway uh, how, how has it been like being siblings running a business that's growing at this rate yeah, and I think, I suppose I'll give you my perspective because it's all I've ever known. So hmm. I've never not worked with my sibling or sister. Um, myself and Lisa are very close. So uh, very, very good friends, confidence. And um, we're, we're kind of almost best friends outside of work and, and in work as well. But 
when we think about the business, we actually run very different aspects of the the company. I'm really heavily involved in NPG and the retail aspect. Lisa would be very heavily involved in the marketing aspect. And then Barry, our other co-founder, would kind of lead the finance of it and, and accounts and whatnot. And I think structuring it in a way where you're all responsible for each individual subsectors of the company really makes a lot of sense because you're not getting in each other's way, so to speak. I think for me, I only see a positive of working with siblings. Mm. I think there's a huge trust element when it comes to working with your sisters or your siblings. Um, there's also a time where you need support within business, whatever that may be. You know, I always think your business is along and you have many ups and many downs and it's great to have that sisterly or sibling support that you can really lean on and be like truly authentically yourself um, and they know you so well they almost know you better than you know yourself so really having that support structure around you I think has been really important for us as co-founders um, because I think that you know, it, it's all I've ever known. So I could never imagine running a company entirely by myself because I feel like that would be quite a lonely um, exercise. But having co-founders, particularly your sister and, and Barry, have been fantastic in terms of really leaning on each other and like picking each other up when the other gets a little, um, I suppose, I don't know, exasperated. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I suppose the other thing as well, what's happening in the market there? Because when I, I come from a generation where a trip to the dentist was a thing of terror, like you would actually be terrified. And I do note from like talking to my nieces and, and their generation that it's very different. They're both proactive about their, 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 their oral health care and they're, they're looking at things like they, they want braces, they'll go and get braces, you know, they, and whatever the costs come with that, they'll, they'll damn well do it. Like generally the, the attitude to the health and beauty in Ireland has changed. I mean, uh, you, you know, you could say it's been, it's been a lot of it's maybe informed by things like Instagram and the, the, the culture of the world we're in today. But I think basically that, that narrative has changed. It, it's, it's really a more of a proactive thing, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I would really agree with that. And I think I think it really stems from the training dentists now receive in the last, say, 20 years versus previously. I definitely think it's a generational thing as well. I know when I speak to my parents or um, that that generation before me, when they speak of when they went to the dentist as children, it was like, you know, a horror experience. And they, that still lives with them, even when they've had many a positive experience in the dentist or if they've undergone treatment you know that in the back of their mind they still have that negative experience from a child yeah i i still think of i still think of drills going on <laughs> sorry but no and i think that's so important and i think i really think that nowadays the modern dentists are the you know they're so well trained in being really proactive and interactive with their patients you know i think it's a testament to how much passion they have for their own patients, their own practices and their own career, that they're really engaging with their patients and customers. And I see I think you see that now in, in the next generation coming in terms of when you mention your niece or nephews, you know, they're engaging with their their treatments, they're booking in, they're being proactive, they're going for ortho treatment if they need it. 
I think that's because dentists are really trying to break down those barriers between dentist and patient and make it more interactive. And that's something I'm really passionate about as well. When I talk about, you know, when I'm a dentist, you know, when I'm a dentist or when I'm talking about oral care products or spotlight, I want to almost empower my patients to engage with their own oral health. And sometimes it's, it's changing that narrative and saying, okay, instead of you coming into the dentist and opening your mouth and not knowing what's going on, taking pictures, taking x-rays and discussing your treatment in a really thought out methodical way. So you understand, like if you come to the dentist and you need three fillings, why do you need three fillings? What's causing that? You know, is it, you know, it's sometimes some simple things like frequent snacking or things like that, that can be very easily treated and can really help you in the long run. And having those education and chatting points with your dentist makes such a difference and such a difference to dentistry uh, as a whole. And that's something I'm really passionate about in Spotlight as well. I think we have a dental advisory service on our website, which is free, but it's also for our patients, but it's also for our customers, but it's also for someone who's never bought Spotlight. It doesn't matter. It's just about for them to talk about their own oral health with a trained dental nurse or dentist or dental hygienist and for them to have a chat before they go into the dentist. Because sometimes I also feel like we have been in the past or if we think about the previous generation, if you ask your, I would often have a discussion with my patients and ask them, you know, why did you have that crown? And they'll say, oh, I don't know. They just put them in. Mm-hmm. And they don't know why treatment was done. And yeah. I think now, if you look at why treatment was done, and if you think about that newer generation and that newer generation of dentists, they're very, really, they're excellent at explaining why treatment is needed. And it just gets buy-in from you as a patient as well. I think that would have made all the difference for me back in the day. But uh, I suppose the other thing as well is, uh, I want to ask you about the whole thing about going local to global. Um, like, as I said earlier on, uh, a lot of companies you hear about, you know, they start in cities and they have access to markets like venture capital and all that kind of thing or did a networking thing. But you guys came from Galway, um, also women entrepreneurs le- leading the company. Um, if, from the point of view of like the early days of, of Spotlight and getting started, did you find many roadblocks along the way from the point of view that you weren't in Dublin, for example, you weren't going to all the networking events, you weren't kind of selling any shiny new tech toy or something like that. It was a completely different proposition. Um, but also, that as, as, as there's the whole retail aspect to it. And, and look at you now, of course, you're, you're in, 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 in Ireland, UK, Europe, US. Um, but the early days of the company, did you find many, uh, and the reason why I asked this question is really because I'd be thinking maybe someone listening here could be from anywhere in Ireland, from Tyrone or from, you know, Cork, and they could be thinking of, of starting a business and they'd think, no, I can never do that or I have this idea, but it'll never take shape. Um, did you think at the time when you're starting out, first of all, maybe this whole idea is incongruous, maybe, 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 maybe it'll never take off. I mean, probably lots of doubts at the start, but... What was it that made you believe and, and get going from the start? And did you did you encounter many roadblocks? Yeah, I think that ignorance is bliss in a way, you know. <laughs> so I'm not from a tech background. I'm not a man. I'm not from tech background. I'm not from Dublin. And I, I say that because, and, and not to be dismissive, but I know no different. And also, I am a huge believer in try it and why not? You know, what's the worst that can happen if you try something and it doesn't work out? It doesn't work out. Um 
So I think that, you know, you have to use as well what you have as an advantage, you know. So we were okay. We we didn't have any professional business training, but we had a really um, intuitive uh, understanding of what our patients really wanted. And I think that's really, really important in this day and age. I think so many people overlook that to what actually people want. Like, what do they want in their oral care products and give them what they want and in a way that they understand. And I think that was really important for us. And I think it's a really a true testament of how how we've grown so far has been the majority, I would say, of that has been through actually dealing with our patients every day and hearing them for their complaints and their fears and their worries. Um, and so that is a huge advantage. So I think when you look at your situation, yeah, we are from Galway, but Galway is fantastic. You know, that you have a great work ethic population in Galway. You know, you have a very med, a device led, uh, huge companies in Galway. You take what you have. Also, these days with Skype and Zooms and um, everyone online, I don't really think it matters where you are. I think you can be anywhere. You know, mm. I think it's important to be work hard, uh, be positive, be proactive and try your best. And I think if you do all of those things, it's amazing how far you will actually get, you know. And do, do that, I mean, it's a small question, really, this one. But like you mentioned there, the MedTech um, environment in Galway, because uh, there's a great legend to the, the days that when digital pulled out of Galway, so many companies were set up by local entrepreneurs, MedTech particularly. Did that rub off on you guys in some ways? Did you see like these companies around and go, like, we could be like that, you know, or is that was that? factor at all well i think it actually mattered well hugely at the start when we were formulating our products initially because we actually worked you know worked alongside a lot of medtech companies to actually formulate our products so that access to um labs and science-led people and science-led backing was really important for us at the start because we wouldn't have been able to formulate a product that was really effective if we didn't have that um connection you know and and, and what i say by that is that that's not a connection we had before we started spotlight but a connection we were able to, you know, graft or lean on when we said, okay, we have this idea, who could we go to? Um, I think also, you know, there's a great culture in Galway of, of, um, of, companies for example that have started from nothing and that have really scaled Craig Anna is a huge example like an amazing company that was based in Galway founded by two Galway you know two Galway people and really managed to scale and grow to like phenomenal success um, and so I think that's really important to have that atmosphere around you of um, of med tech of innovation within Galway there's a huge amount of startups coming out of Galway now and I think it's really impressive and I'm so proud of it. And I suppose final question is then the the ambitions for the future of the company. As, as I mentioned earlier, you, you took on 12 million investment earlier this year. Um, you're going guns all around the world. Uh, what's next? Where does it all, where, well, I won't say stop, where does it all go <laughs> next for you guys? I think for us, it's it's about the expansion into the, into the UK and the US markets. We're seeing great traction there, great growth. We've great re- retail partnerships. And I think it's about embedding those retail partnerships down for long-term success. So for us, when we think about where the next five years leads to us, it's definitely, you know, um, maintaining our position in Ireland and growing and embedding down those relationships in the UK and the US market. And I think if we managed to do that, we would have done a great job. Brilliant. Well, with that, Vanessa Creven, thank you so much for your time. It was a real pleasure. Uh, very, an amazing story. And again, all all accomplished in just five years. I, I just think it's great. And as I said, uh, plenty of good things to come. So thank you very much. Thanks so much, John, for having me.